the Blue Sky episode two. I'm a deal. Started with that because I was laughing. Hello and welcome to Blue Sky episode two. I'm a deal and I'm Jono and uh, we'll be your host today and hopefully every episode that you tune into. We'll see how it goes. We'll I'm see how it goes. Easily replaceable. And we'll have some special guests. Maybe we'll get, you know, guests to replace us. Yeah. Because we'll be too busy doing other things, you know? Exactly. Passive income, baby. <laughs> it's like when your cells regenerate, you know? They, yes. Uh, Are we talking about clones? Yeah. Or like if every couple of years our, our entire body's cells regenerate, are we the same person we were a few years ago or, or are we a whole new person? Shit. You know? That's oh, a lot wow. Of, a lot of heavy questions. That, that's, I like that though. Yeah, it's good. Um. So what is Blue Sky Podcast? Because this is episode two. We're going to do a little bit of a quick summary. What it is, is basically me and Jono get together. Uh, we put a bunch of prompts in a bowl. I write five prompts. Uh, he writes five prompts. And when I say prompts, what I mean is genres, movie genres. So it could be uh, anything from rom-com to like zombie apocalypse. So we go, it can be like as broad as that. So we both write prompts into a bowl. I, I feel like I've said prompts way too many times. But we put it in a bowl, then one of us picks the genre of the film. I didn't say prompt, but wait a minute, I just did. Um, and then we basically write a short film script. Uh, we try to. We said we're going to try to hit about five pages maximum. Three to five was our, yeah. our goal. That seems reasonable and not too, too much work. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, exactly. It's a short film. And I think it, we, we realized uh, the last time we did this that it kind of pushes us to in a weird way, limiting us to five pages pushes our creativity to how much can we do in five pages. So we kind of like that a lot. So uh, we're going to try it again. And um, yeah. Oh, and uh, again, sorry, Blue Sky. You know what? We'll explain Blue, Sp Blue Sky when we get to it. Sounds great. Yeah. It sounds great. Okay. Um, is there anything else or should we just go pick a prompt? No, uh, I think last week was really fun and uh, hopefully we can crack through another one. So um this could always fall on its face at any moment, so I'm very excited. But isn't that the for fun that of potential? It? Exactly. We're That's stepping out into the darkness, and we're gonna see what happens. The prompt. Here comes the coveted bowl. Yes. Of podcast yes. fate. Anyone watching the video? It's a. It's a really. Nice. Uh, what kind of green is this? What would you say? It's I would say that's a shargirl mint green. Huh. Yeah, I, I I had a table or like a couch or something that was that color, and it was like oh shagrill mint or something. Oh, it matches the couch. I didn't even. Wow, that's not even why I bought it. And that clinking sound is a deal smacking the mic with the sorry, bowl. Just sorry. so you know. Yeah, I'm okay. still learning how okay. to get a mic. I'm gonna reach in without looking, and hopefully I don't get one of mine. I don't want to this time because one of mine was last time. This doesn't feel like one of mine. Okay. And the genre for this week. Oh, it was a literally a twofold. As I unfolded it, it said action, and then I unfolded it more, and it said comedy. So action comedy, action is, comedy is the topic today. All right, wonderful, okay, wonderful. That's fun. Yeah, it'll give us. A, I think it, was, it gives us a lot of room. What are some of your favorite action comedies, Jonah? Yeah, I'm just trying to go through them right now. I think uh, first, immediately, I think of Edgar Wright. I think of oh. like Scott Pilgrim oh. and the Cornetto or whatever fucking trilogy Scott that Pilgrim is. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Scott Pilgrim versus the world so and good, man. Uh, Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, uh, where 
like the world again kind of like in that slapstick realm where there's crazy shit happening in the world and the fights are kind of goofy and the characters are kind of goofy but like the action is really good and well executed and yeah there's a there's a good tone to it that 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 breaks the tension as much as it builds it i like that it's great no it's a it's a good uh first of all scott pilgrim i think is edgar wright's for me it's my favorite edgar wright film right i don't want to say 100 percent this episode because I said it so many times in the last one, if I recall correctly. Uh, but 100%. I love that movie. I love that it's a love letter to Toronto. I love that it's very close to the book. I don't know if you've read the book. It's no, but I, I heard amazing. a podcast talking about it and they were really dissecting it. It's just beautiful and fun and cute. And they really captured it with that. Dude, it's just... So I, I, I once in a while will hang out with my nephews and nieces. Like we'll do like a uncle day, you know, and they're like young. They're like 15 and below. So I try to get them into movies that I like because I'm like, you know, cinema was better when I was 50. <laughs> that bullshit. Yeah. Uh, and I, I remember showing them Scott Pilgrim and we all were just like from start to finish. There's not a moment where you're bored. No. There's not a frame where it's not. Like, that's what I love about that film. Very few films. And you don't have, it depends on the topic, but you don't have to do this. But that film did this thing where every frame is entertaining. Every moment, every scene. There's no like... Uh, these 10 minutes are kind of dragging on. It's just nonstop fun. For sure. And like, it really stays faithful. Like it, it there's some divergences from the comic. I'm sure that mm -hmm. true heads would, would pick up on. Uh, I'm not lopping myself into that group. I, I read the book a while ago, but it does kind of play out like a comic book, you know, where every panel is this sort of very iconic image. Yeah. And like it would be really cool actually to see, how they applied that like did they just board it right from the book or did they do their whole new boards but there are well, a lot the, of frames that are the same and like the way that the like like if it's like no yeah. it like leaves one scene yeah. and enters yeah. the other and like the lighting effects and just the sort of magical realism of it all yeah. oh god and yeah the fucking performances it's it's just i can't kieran culkin i fucking love with that movie he's amazing the roommate it's yeah so good. he's amazing he's so good um there's a uh, well, I, I was when I was listening to the po listening to the podcast about the film because yeah, I, it's one of my favorites. But um, apparently, the writer was very much involved in the the script writing, so it's not like he just took the graphic novel Edgar Wright and rewrote it. So the the writer was very much involved, and he wrote it with Edgar Wright for the screenplay. Yeah, Brian Lee. Brian Lee O'Malley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So he wrote it, and then um, it's based on something with his wife. Like there's a joke about it, like how she dated, uh, like someone and he's that's where the idea came from but yeah it's cool because he was involved and and i like that like edgar wright wasn't like oh, give me your like i'm gonna get the rights to this and just make my own film yeah and also apparently so there's seven books or some amount of books and they're the whole mo the movie is all of them together yeah like each ex had his own book and they made it so that's pretty ambitious yeah to take seven books or however many books and just put them into one that's crazy and distill it like yeah. that you know um yeah. So what are some other ones? Because okay, I feel like yeah, we could so, talk about this movie forever, but yeah. Um, well, I was gonna say it's it's funny. I my I went straight to like like rush hour. Oh yeah. Uh, because I like what you said. It's not just like what makes action comedies great is there's action films, thrillers, and action films that like Inception has great action, gun scenes, and all this. But it's like I love like when they take that level of quality of action. Like in rush hour, there's some great action scenes oh my god but then there's comedy so it's not like oh because we're a comedy film we're not gonna take the action seriously the best action comedies are the ones where they take the action super seriously so that like the the contrast of him like fighting and you're like entertained you're like watching this like one shot of this person kicks someone's ass and then cuts to like 
a funny moment or like a punchline and you're like laughing so that's like the ultimate you know so yeah rush hour um i, was, I, I wanna i was just fixing the little mic cord I, saw, yeah, I, wanna, so I gotta keep talking i wanna <laughs> i want to uh piggyback on that uh when i immediately forgot what i was piggybacking on but uh oh yeah so chris tucker and jackie chan like so good you fall in love with them because of the like just their, their cultural clash or whatever which is like a super huge cliche but you know there is a lot of but human, that's the there's ultimate. a lot of human nature in there and there's a lot yeah. of goofiness in there so like you really get on their side because you see them struggle with each other you kind of love them individually and really want what's best for them as they are as it pertains to their being a unit and then when the action scenes happen, they're so visceral and immediate and real. And you're like, holy shit, like there's, this isn't funny right now. And mm. you get really, really invested in the action. Uh, yeah, or, uh, and that's the thing with action comedies. If they do it well, sometimes it can be cheesy, but they put comedy into the action scene. So like where Jackie Chan's fighting and then like, um, and cause he's very like does stunts, uh, he does his own stunts. So he puts a little humor in them where like, he'll jump over a couch and he'll land on something and kind of be, ooh, that hurt my back. Yeah. And then he'll get up and then he'll, a guy will be putting a gun at him and then he'll slap the gun out of his hand and then him and that villain will have this awkward moment of like, uh, what now? Like, it's this punchline in the action scene. Yeah. But you're down for it because again, like, if they do it well, it's like, not just like slapstick funny, it's actually like, character-driven funny. So, yeah. Chris Tucker not being good at martial arts, but Jack Chan is, they put that into the scene. Yeah. Exactly. And like Chris Tucker just kind of flailing around or like Jackie Chan. I don't yeah. know if this is actually in the movie, but it feels like it would be like he's hanging on something and someone's like smacking his fingers with a broomstick. Yeah. And he's like, ooh, and then yeah. grabs it with the other hand. Yeah, ooh. yeah. You know? And then Chris Tucker, Chris Tucker somehow comes in and makes it worse by like stepping on his hand. And like, it's like, again, because he's like, the, the their, their camaraderie is like trying to figure each other out in the first one, for example. So they kind of get in each other's way during the action scene. So yeah, I do like that. I do like, uh, and I was I'm looking at this list, man. There's so many good ones. There is, um, uh, the nice guys with Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. Oh yeah, is, I, uh, I started watching that, and I never I never finished it. It's good. I like Shane yeah. Black. He's a good director. I like him. Uh, there is the gentleman. Uh, Guy Ritchie's a great example too. The gentleman. Yeah, Guy Ritchie for sure. But though Guy Ritchie's a little more like crime comedy it's, instead of action comedy yeah and just like seedy dudes in a, in like a bluey green yeah. color gray that's you know? right that's right yeah dogs yeah i like <laughs> fucking dogs <laughs> yeah um and so then, I, I just want to uh, yeah, yeah. call out this note here uh, i just wrote on the board here protagonist arrow gets in their own way yeah or i mean here's the thing we put i, I put action comedy i didn't put buddy comedy but gets in or gets in partner's way. Right. Because, you know, it's another good one. Um, it's in partner's. And it's such a, like, Hollywood action comedy, buddy comedy, whatever you want to call it. Have you ever seen uh, This Means War? No. Chris Pine and uh, Tom Hardy. And they I've both never... fall in love with Reese Witherspoon. No, I've that, never to me, heard is a, about it. The formula is so, like, it's like, again, you watch and you're like, okay, I know exactly what I'm getting into. You know, it's so the formula to it. But it's fun. And you're like, just d down for the ride. It's not like freaking, again, like, oh my God, the, it needs to get a, an award. But you're just enjoying it because it's great, great action scenes. Like, there's spies in it. Yeah. So they're having these great gun scenes. But then it's mixed with this, like, they both like the same girl, you know? Yeah. So, and then again, they kind of try to up, up on each other. Yeah. So that's always fun. And then, you know, more recently, like, the Marvel movies could be considered action comedies. Yeah, but I was thinking I don't, that. I don't think they really crossed over into that territory until Taika got on the scene and did Ragnarok. I don't know, man. People give him a credit, and I get it. He killed Ragnarok. But 
before that avengers one was funny like there were scenes where i was really laughing and then even iron man like downey jr from iron man one was funny like there were scenes where he was just john favreau is a good comedic director as well so i don't know i feel like iron man one had it it's just when ragnarok came seeing thor do it was such a oh now they've accepted comedy that because now every character is funny or whatever you know like then yeah, I, I completely agree with everything you're saying, but I think what Taika Waititi did was bring a youthfulness or like a, a childish sort mm. of playfulness to it all. Like mm. all his movies, I just feel like are him and his imaginary childhood friends having conversations. Fair, like, fair. You know, doing really goofy things, but it's in it for the sake of being adorable. Because I'm searching, you know what I think was the first stamp of action comedy? Like, again, I think Iron Man 1 works, Spider-Man works, they're all action comedies, but the really big splash for me was guardians. Yeah. That was like, I found it hilarious with the characters and then the action. And that was like James Gunn bringing that in for me. Yeah. I, I I could get behind that though. Guardians. I I just like, like guardians crawled so that Ragnarok could run. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because Ragnarok was like, fuck it. Comedy all the way. You know? Yeah. I was just going to take a dig at, uh, at guardians and being like, they're just one note. They found a nice chord and are just playing that chord over and over again. Mm. But I saw the, the 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 other Thor movie after Ragnarok, and it's, and same it's, note. it's the same note yeah. but played kind of shitty. It's played I, by people who like, yeah yeah. I didn't watch it. Man. I couldn't I couldn't want to get past the first ten minutes of uh, Love and Thunder, and I was excited, dude. Like Taika and him back and all this, after, especially after Jojo Rabbit, so he's coming to, back to the Marvel world. It's gonna be so cool, and I don't know. It just seemed so like bland, and I just it felt too kiddish. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm with you. It, exactly. It, it felt like a vessel to sell toys. For mm, sure. mm, exactly. Which a lot of shit is now. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad we made a joke about it last week. Um, I want to talk about Free Guy because Taika. Oh made yeah, that, that came up too. Because yeah. Taika is in that movie. But I want to ask you a question that's been nibbling at my brainstem for a little bit. Do you think Bad Boys is an action comedy? Yeah. Yeah. It's a buddy. It, it's a buddy cop comedy. Yeah. Yeah, but it's an action comedy, you know. It's an action comedy for sure, but like maybe, maybe even more sort of drama leaning than the Guy Ritchie stuff. Like it, it wants to take itself seriously. Like these dudes are actual badasses. There's not a lot of goofiness to them. I guess Martin Lawrence like is kind of that that well I, I, character, but that's what I'm trying to find out. Like, what do you mean that in ter- in terms of why do you consider that it might not be action comedy, or what made you think that? I don't know that it's different because because that like and I mean I'm splitting hairs but like if that's an action comedy then like what isn't you Inception know? isn't Inse- Inception but is that an action movie I think I think, I, I a think straight it, up genre or uh, what was uh, the genre sorry, not, excuse me a straight up drama I don't know well I used to think that but then I remember uh, Nolan talking about how that was his James Bond because uh, there's so many so many like you like remember the opening scene. He's like doing espionage work and he's killing people in that, uh, and then he has to escape because they find out that he's like in his dream or whatever. And DiCaprio's remember that scene in the beginning where the water kind of explodes in mm, that. I haven't seen it in so long. Oh. I'm sorry. Well, the, the ending. Remember the ending? They're listening. in like this winter world, and they're like snowboarding and killing people. Right. Yes. 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 Like yes, if you look yes, it up, it's yes, it's yes. considered action sci-fi. Okay. Okay. So I think that's an action movie. Inception. I don't know why that's what I'm thinking of though, because there's so many other examples. But right. uh, have you ever seen? The Rock. Yes. Is that action comedy, you think? Or, no. Right? No. But also, like, I was a kid when I saw it, back, like, when it came out, you know? So, 
I was just like, oh, I didn't really understand tone or anything. I was just like, these guys are like, yeah. badass, and they have those weird beads, and they can't let the beads hit the ground, or everyone's gonna die for some reason. But that's a good question. How about? Oh, wow, that what I fully forgot that was the whole thing in yeah. that. Yeah, that was like the some chemical warfare shit. Oh man, that was a good movie, dude. Was that Michael Bay? Uh, I think it was. Good question. It was. Nice. Oh, shit. That was when he was like, and that was his like, A game. The Rock. He had a couple that were just so. Uh, the, Bad Boys the, One and Two were awesome. All oh, right, it was yeah. Michael Bay. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, have you seen The Island with Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson? No, is oh, that so is that Scorsese? That's not a Scorsese. No, Michael Bay. The Island. What? Oh, that, you're saying of Shutter Island? Ah, yeah, wait. Yeah, 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 no. The Island is great with Michael. Yeah, Bay. I don't even know if I know that. Yeah, that, that was like my childhood. But Con Air, like Nicolas Cage films, like that. I used to watch a lot. Like my brother used to love Nicolas Cage, so we watched like Con Air, uh, The Rock, Snake Eyes, Face Off, like. Uh, I was gonna say what because you made me think that's a really good point. Bad Boys, I think fully action comedy. Yeah, but what makes it an action comedy? Like, what's what's the roots of an action comedy that if you take this out, it's not an action comedy? Right. An unlikely relationship or an unlikely hero? Is it about Ooh. the hero kind of butting up against the tropes of action or the expectations of action? You know. Uh, no, that's a great point. Unlikely hero, right? As opposed to like the bad boys, they're cops. Of course, they're well, not. I just, I totally just sullied our own point. <laughs> that's an action comedy. Um, yeah, huh. but but they're, they're not unlikely heroes, but they're an unlikely pairing of heroes. Right, right. And that right, unlikely right. pairing, like Lethal know, Weapon. Like exactly, Lethal Weapon. You got fucking Mel Gibson just going fucking full hog on everything, and Danny Glover just you know yeah. always perpetually three days away yeah. from retiring. <laughs> perpetually that's a good point i think that is uh it's always something lethal weapon one is fucking amazing like that movie is incredible i'm really you know what i'm trying to do right now is i'm trying to figure because here's the thing so in, again i'll use inception because i don't know why it's in my head right now inception is an action sci-fi there's conflict in it that's about him trying to get back home and these other this conflict to fulfill this crime job uh or like this big payday for them to get back home or whatever right that's their conflict. They have to incept this guy's dream and plan something so they can kind of get paid and then he can and also get like exonerated so he can get back home to his kids. Okay. That's Inception's like kind of conflict and whatever. Bad Boys, the conflict is they have like a, a witness to a murder and they have to protect her. Right. Right. So in those ways, they're, if you take out like humor completely, they're like both serious films, right? In Inception, there is humor. There's like scenes where, remember where he goes... Oh, if we want to get in, get in, get into his drink or like get him to fall asleep, we need to kind of buy all the tickets for this upper cabin in the, in the in the plane or buy this plane or whatever. And the uh, and I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy from Last Samurai, the actor, he goes, uh, "Oh, I bought the entire airline because he's so rich." Like he had a Bruce Wayne Batman moment, right? And you laugh. Like I remember in the, in the audience, you're like laughing. You're like, "Oh, that's kind of fucking funny." Like he's so rich that he just kind of was like on a whim, was like, "I just bought the entire airline to make sure our heist works," right? Yeah. So that's funny. Yeah. But what makes it not a like? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what is it. Is it something to do with story, or is it just more jokes per minute? Yeah, I mean, then there was the part in Inception when French Stewart would get the messages from the big giant head in space. Oh, sorry, that's Third Rock from the Sun. Wrong. Joseph Gordon-Levitt thing. Sorry. Yeah, because yeah. they were so close together, those two things. And then he's like addicted to porn in it. Oh, that's a different Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> just... Didn't he go on a bunch of dates with Zoe Deschanel? Oh, different uh, oh. Joseph Gordon-Levitt film. Okay. Inception. Wanna bring starring the... Zoe Deschanel and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, it's, I don't but know. But I, 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 
that's a tough question to ask because yeah like it without being a fucking heavily seasoned action comedy screenwriter it's hard to know what those things are but i do think like it's two like bad boys is two like badass cops in la and there's this witness protection thing it like yeah when i'm breaking it down i don't think anything is funny it's just will smith and martin lawrence are just like naturally funny guys bad boys is action comedy i want to make sure because we just declared it was yeah of course it is it says here it is um i used to i had that soundtrack i used to blast it all the time and just like oh that's dude michael bay had some great fucking music even the rock has i can't remember the rocks thing right now but it had a very the rock was like uh right yeah and then what was transformers it was uh uh something like uh but i like how he switched it up with paid in game yeah, which was dun 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 dun, like it went down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think he worked with Hans Zimmer in the beginning. That's why uh, Michael oh, Bay. Uh, right, I'm that pretty makes sure sense. the rock movie soundtrack or mu- music. Hans Zimmer, that's crazy. So it's kind of interesting that, like, coming into this after doing a slapstick script, because uh, same thing, like the 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 people are taking the world seriously the and the rules of the world real. have real. St- but then, yeah, it's like less. Yeah, the stakes aren't just silly. They're like uh, again. Hopefully, we release this in order. This podcast. But oh yeah. If uh, the slapstick one was the one we did last, in that it was about like he wants to be a an actor known seriously, and that's kind of funny. But it's about him as a performer and wants the world to take him seriously. In an action comedy, it'd be more like. He wants to make this show, but on the side, he's an assassin that kills people. Like Barry, basically. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which, like, I don't even know. Barry, like... I think it's an action it kind of It kind of fits in there. Dude, Barry's action scenes are so fucking well done. I, lo- I love how correct. seriously they take that action in that film. Oh, yeah. And it's then brutal. Show. He's terrifying. He's fucking yeah. terrifying. Like, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, there's, like, that one sh- uh, raid they do on this, like, big, like, warehouse and yeah the gun scenes and all that it's like you're watching it's like you're all of a sudden watching a completely different show and then cuts back to comedy that's that so if we whatever we write today i would like to see if we can do that where of course we're not filming it but if we can really i think it's important and correct me if i'm wrong maybe i've kind of thought of this where an action comedy at least the people are like there's justifiable reason to why they're good at action. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yes. Either cops or like assassin or, or a sleeper ha- agent or something. Yeah. And yeah. then there'll be uh, and my favorite kinds. And I'm, let me know if you, how you feel about this for our story today. Maybe is like, there's one guy who's really good at it. And one guy who's like, Oh, I don't know how, what side of the gun do I shoot from? It's like a hitchhiker's guide that I've been reading forever. Like uh-huh. Arthur Dent is like just kind of bumbling through this sci-fi epic and like I don't know like I'm just a guy who yeah, was at the pub before the world exploded I do love seeing those you know it's like oh and then by the end of it though the the non-action hero learns action and does some cool shit by the final scene uh would you think the king the Kingsman series yes, yes I yeah. love the Kingsman and that's series. the like that's the, pro- the protege kind of thing yeah. you know and and like it does that sort of Star Wars-esque like hero's journey some, yeah, some chubby kid in the yeah. orphan who gets taken under the wing of some. Yeah. some it's very Star person. Wars, but it was really well done, and the comedy was pretty good in that too. Yeah, I remember absolutely loving those movies. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, I feel like it's funny. I was hoping we'd get to an understanding of what the difference is, but maybe when we write this right now, we'll get to an understanding because it just like there is a difference, but I just was hoping it was more than just, oh, one is serious and one's funny. That's the big difference between action and action comedy. But is it is that is that line in something like in a in a comedy, like if someone's getting stabbed or, or sorry, in an action, just a straight up action drama or whatever, if someone's getting stabbed, they're like getting stabbed and it hurts. But if they're doing it in an action comedy, they're getting stabbed and something funny happens. You well, know? but that's the thing though. They take it seriously. We said the action, right? Cause okay, they, so they take the action seriously, but the reaction to the action. Well, there I saw, I read one thing, which again, I don't think it's true, but it, it kind of goes with what you're saying where it's like, um, Oh, action comedy films are those with like fast and furious action yet being mostly lighthearted, rarely having death or serious injury. But then I'm like, that's not true because I've seen death in rush hour. People die, but rarely, rarely. Yes. And serious injury. So like we do see Jackie Chan get his ass kicked, but no, like, oh, my hand got cut off or like I have a bullet wound and it's so fresh. Yeah. Or serious. Rarely death or serious injury is a good one to have here. Yeah. Um, But I think again like it's a it's a brutal serious harsh world and the character the way the character navigates it brings the comedy Mm, mm. because like it's not like the bad guys are are like coming out like goofy and stupid they may be made to look like that later but it's through the actions of the character that we find that comedy it's like uh like the guy in memento is like super serious like guy pierce or whatever yeah. it's like super fucking serious and yeah. it's really dark but if he just was kind of a quirky guy and yeah. like made questionable choices that would make that whole movie yeah, yeah something yeah. completely different. like i just searched up die hard i'm like that was people do find it funny i think it's kind of funny too i think it's hilarious it. and but it's like it's not no it's not an action comedy. it's just action because if you think about it like it's pretty dark you know what i mean like it he is. has to get out of here. And, and there's a lot of death in, yeah, exactly. in that and movie. Like, they show the deaths. Right. But, you know, the the comedy and the character of Bruce Willis, I think, is just the the tension release. Yeah. It's not, it's not Mr. like Cheeky. the overarching thing. Yeah. He's not Mr. Silly. He's Mr. Cheeky. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that what you're thinking? Well, this is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Think, um, think that think uh, John McClane jokes during sex? Like any any serious endeavor, he's just gonna throw in a. He's little like a cheeky thing. fucker like, everywhere. Yeah, he's, yeah. Like, he's like he's like fucking, and he's like. He's like now I got a condom. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Um, he has a condom strapped to the back of his uh, <coughs> thing. Yippee Yeah. <laughs> he just pulls a condom out. Uh, this is the blue sky part. Okay, so what's blue sky, John? Now we will do the old Blue Sky treatment to this bad boy. And Blue Sky is a part of many people's writing process that you just throw whatever you want at the board. If it sticks, great. If it doesn't, great. We don't limit ourselves with budget or ideas or constraints. We're just going to throw everything at the wall and then hopefully whittle it down to a cool story for you guys. Yeah. yeah. So. um, I mean, brainstorming. And brainstorming. That's. That's the actual uh, thesaurical definition. Why do they call it brainstorming? I'm, I feel there must be some cool or weird thing. Yeah, well, I, I guess because your brain is just like working overtime. But if that's the if that's the case, then I'm brainstorming twenty four seven. Brainstorming anxiety. How is that not a supervillain's name? Brainstorm. Brainstorm. Well, uh, <laughs> maybe in our action comedy. <laughs> should, should we should we write in? Brainstorm? I love that. Okay, I'm going to write some characters down here. What was your brain brainstorm? Brainstorm. 
and and we could also make jokes like because the, the, with the grounded performance of the leads, I feel like we're edging toward buddy comedy. I like that. Yeah, it, yeah, we could we could get a lot of stuff out of that. But uh, brainstorm, we could write a joke in there about how stupid of a name that is. Like really brainstorm, but yeah, like he's actually guys, a yeah. fucked up crazy villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we could even do the unlikely pairing is that the protagonist has to the protagonist has to team up with brainstorm the villain to defeat a bigger villain okay that's weird yeah so maybe we don't need to have two v1 it's like one v1 and then they have to join forces yeah so like uh, i don't want to start with like the agent it's like megamind meeting. have you ever seen megamind no never heard of that will ferrell no megamind will ferrell oh it's, 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 Was, a, it's a, a, a cartoon oh uh, no brad pitt will ferrell jonah hill no yeah it's pretty good it's like a superhero cartoon? yeah yeah oh, cool. it's like a it's like incredibles but like not as good but it's still pretty good oh but it, it's not like like sausage party or whatever that like no 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 no, okay. no. it's like incredible it takes more. itself seriously okay. yeah because yeah, yeah. it's like about this it's a really cool story it's about uh like megamind is will ferrell and it starts from his point of view like the the villain and how he's always wanted to be the biggest villain so it's like a it's a super villain's journey as opposed to most movies which are the superhero's journey so it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that sounds awesome. And that gave me an idea. Like, what if this isn't about, uh, like, good versus evil necessarily? Like, Brainstorm is a bad guy, but we might be encroaching on last week's stuff. But, like, he he just really believes he's a good guy, you know? Oh. I, I guess most like villains Wreck-It do. Ralph. Like, yeah, I never saw Wreck-It Ralph. Do you don't watch Pixar? I, I do and I don't. So good. Wreck-It yeah. Ralph is literally about. I love a- John C. Riley. Yeah, yeah, he's. The, I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't know why I thought of John Cena in my head right now. Um, <laughs> he's kind of cool too. Yeah, uh, do you know what Wreck-It Ralph is about? Because it's freaking brilliant. It's kind of like what you're basically saying right now, which he's a. Uh, imagine being a villain in a video game. Right. Like you're Donkey Kong in the Mario Kart game. Yeah, like uh, the I Mario know. game. Sorry, you know what the the original one. Was yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Which is I think what they base it off too. Yeah. But he's the villain. But then as soon as the game powers down, and he's like. And he like you know like it, the game always ends with like him losing and the guy getting the princess or whatever and and but Donkey Kong or Ralph is like <sighs> I just want to be taken like as a good guy once and it's like his old journey and then the, he goes to even like a a, a bad guy uh, AA group where it's like all the bad guys from famous games are sitting around it's a great fucking oh, wow. film bro you okay. gotta watch it man. then I rescind my my pitch there because <laughs> it seems a little bit record Ralph we would just dance. We would just be avoiding Wreck-It Ralph stuff. <laughs> that's great that you thought like that's yeah you haven't even seen Wreck-It Ralph and <laughs> you saw thought of that that's pretty good. That's why they pay me the medium bucks. Because <laughs> um, you think of stuff that's already out there, but I haven't seen. I just psychically understand yeah. Wreck-It it's a Ralph weird skill. Yeah, I'm gonna um, add that to the resume. Um, I like unlikely pairings. Unlikely pairings, but then like, should we start with? I feel like cops are a little too easy. And like detectives and shit. Like, mm, what's I a, agree. What's a more mm-hmm. interesting thing? Like climate, I, climate I, activists, or like I had this idea way back, and maybe it doesn't work, but it was like this idea of, and the film's called like my girlfriend's ex boyfriend, and it's basically about this. So this guy, ex in law. Uh, basically, uh, this guy, he's like, you're give me like, not give me someone else, but not Jay Baruchel, like your average Joe, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> uh, yeah. But okay. Back in the, yeah. Like 500 days summer. That's great. Actually the 500 days summer, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Right. And he's in love with this girl and it could be, give me someone. Zoe Deschanel. 
of course, of course. It's Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> um, and he has 500 days now. Uh, and uh, so he, he, they're dating. Open on the countdown. 500 days. They're dating. And this is a bit Scott Pilgrimy, but a bit different. So they're dating. And she has this one ex that she brings up, but you don't get to know too much about. And that ex is like Tom Hardy. Like he's Mr. Badass. And that guy runs in like this undercover ring of like badasses or whatever. Maybe he's a spy. Maybe I haven't, I didn't think that through what his occupation is, but anyways, on the day of all days, the reason this film gets me, uh, the story happens is because so Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Zoe Deschanel are happy. Tom Hardy still loves her, but he stays out of her way. Uh, like he's a good ex or whatever. And then Zoe Deschanel gets kidnapped or whatever. And now the ex-boyfriend has to help the current boyfriend basically get her back. So it's the story of these two unlikely partners. And it's not about like, and what I liked, what I liked about it personally was like, Tom Hardy's not trying to win her back. Cause he's like, you guys are already dating, but he still cares about her enough that he's like, I'll help you. But then of course, no matter how much he's like, I'm not trying to get her back. He did date her at one point. So there is like this mixed feeling. Right. I think I blacked out for a sec. Cause that's a real movie, right? No, it's not. Okay, good. Okay. I didn't black. No, out. I'm, I'm saying that's fully... my idea. Okay. For a film. Cause I really like that. But to get it out of the cliche, no, no shade there. Uh, no, you know what? You know what? Let's let's call it. <laughs> uh, to get out of the boyfriend girlfriend thing, maybe avoid the Scott Pilgrim thing. It went through my head. Stepdad. So like, what if there's like a a a, yeah. a kid and a stepfather or yeah, stepmother, yeah, or whatever, yeah, and they yeah, hate yeah, each like other, that, yeah. and then the the actual blood bloodline parent, like the mom or whatever, gets kidnapped, and then they have to oh, team up with the stepdad. Interesting. You know, and they have to go find her, and they fucking hate each other and like but they have to do this to yeah and like you know obviously you'd want that arc to kind of wrap around and then be okay with each other at the end but maybe it's just like a very minimal yeah like I, understanding but um, so sorry uh, explain it so there's so imagine there's I, I it doesn't have to be a son it could be a daughter uh or a non-binary child but a kid the offspring of mom Mom and the kid are there. Mom's divorced. Uh, dad died or something. Something and tragic. And now she's married to a and new guy. And now she's married to a new guy, and he's a piece of shit. Um, but people end up with like shitty step parents, and I- I've I've gone through it. I know tons of friends that that do that, and like that's kind of the ultimate like ex boyfriends or whatever are kind of tough. But like when you have to go to Christmas dinner with the the mm. person you hate, when you have to like do all the things and like you don't want to like you, you you may raise your concern to your mom but she's in love and nothing's going to change her mind so can i ask though because I, I i follow along now the stepfather in this film in the story does he have a background that makes him badass I, to I, help or no i think he, we would have to discover retired something cop. like he would be either a retired cop or whatever which makes the young character like the gen z guy fucking hate oh, him because wow. he's a yeah, cop yeah, you know yeah. uh and that is the reason why something happens to mom. Like he solved this case years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's some, the reason why she got kidnapped. And maybe some other person that's the same, near the same age as our protagonist is like their father got thrown in jail or got death penalty yeah, or whatever by yeah. this guy. And this is their like supervillain origin story. And now they're executing their supervillain plan in the future. And like, they have to fucking do it. And maybe there's like, you know, a scene of kind of realizing that. And then, uh, they don't decide to work together. They're forced. Like they're like, what the fuck, man? Well, maybe, like, I was a cop, and this happened. It's like, oh, you would fucking yeah. do this to my mom. And then a ninja flies yeah. through the window, <laughs> and then they just have to fight. You know, <laughs> ninja. Uh, that's great. Uh, but yeah, and it's uh, but maybe because I like also they tr- like in the future maybe you do this maybe not in the short film but maybe it's like they try they both there's a 
a scene or an act. The first act is like they try to do it separately first. So the kid goes to this place, gets his ass kicked or whatever, and then the, the and then they they're like, we might as well put our heads together and do this, you know? Yeah, or or like the first like the kidnapping scene happens and it's just the mom and the son at home, and the son gets his ass. He tries to fight. Yeah, and, put, yeah, and like yeah, puts yeah, up yeah. a good fight and shit and. Uh, ultimately fails and then the stepdad yeah. comes home so here's the thing I'm, and I'm, I'm trying to it's i'm trying to poke holes now so we don't do it later yeah good um and i'm trying to think of movies like rush hour um i just thought of another one fuck what was it bad boys um in those two films there's kidnappings right oh, no in the rush hour is kidnapping in the, in the second one there's like the a murder and then there's a witness and it's like there's I'm looking at the formula of like two people getting paired up to help this one other person, mm-hmm. right? Is it too real? I'm trying to think if another film does this and does this take the comedy out? The fact that his mom is kidnapped and his wife is kidnapped does that make it too dark? Because in my head I'm like that's a pretty cool idea, but I see it darker than a comedy. Is it still a comedy? You know what I mean? Like how can they be making jokes when his wife and his mom are is like inches from death? See, see, I don't think they're making jokes per se i'm i'm picking up what you're putting down for sure i think that's super valid concern but like i don't think they'd be making jokes per se it's just how they attack and deal with each other is what's funny they're just naturally no but that's what i'm trying to say though like uh, like you're totally right about this uh, and i'm not i think that we're still in the right ballpark it's just we have to tweak it a bit because like what you're saying about the this uh, complicated relationship between step sons or stepdaughters and stepfathers right or stepmothers um that relationship is so complicated that if if like again his wife so the stepfather can be a piece of shit but the fact that he's helping he loves the wife that's what we have to show right yes. so if he loves the wife and then the stepson i'm uh, sorry the real son loves the mom they're not like we're gonna like be do quips at each other while and while we're trying to save my, my mom and your wife i feel like it's almost like too real while again in bad boys it's this person they don't know it's a stranger they're helping out in rush hour jackie chen's like this little girl, like, I want to get her back. But there's no, like, it's it's not his niece or daughter. or It kind of pushes you away. Where if it was, like, Jackie Chan's sister that got kidnapped, I would feel like it's it's more aggressive. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Maybe I'm wrong. But I don't know. Part of me is, like, I, I want to put a little... I want to make it easier to, uh, for us to add humor instead of us being, like, he says it's funny. And then a part of me is, like, well, fuck, that's kind of fucked up. His mom is, like, kidnapped. And this guy's, like... Well, uh, Dad, you're a piece of shit, or whatever. While they're trying to save his mom, you know. Yeah, well, we could also write that in because, like, this character maybe, uh, maybe deals with conflict through humor. You know, like they they they're the funny guy. They're like they never had to come to fists with anyone because they diffuse the situation with humor. So that's just like a defense mechanism. You, you know? know what you do also? Because like yeah, I, I I was trying to find my own devil's advocate because maybe I was wrong. You know what's I'm I'm kind of wrong with. Have you ever seen? Actually, no. Never mind. Have you ever seen Whole Nine Yards? Uh, so good, dude. Bruce no. Willis, Matthew Perry. No. It's again with killers, and it's like it's really funny, but it's really like this guy's an assassin who moves next door to Matthew Perry, which is Bruce Willis moves next door mm. to him, and his whole thing. But again, a part of me is like there's like this whole thing about his wife and his mother-in-law, uh, Matthew Perry's, which is comedic. But then they get in trouble. But then again, he hates them. So then you're again not feeling like oh my god this is such a tragedy you're almost like oh it's kind of funny that they're getting kind of like kidnapped or whatever because mm. he hates them i don't know i feel or, like we need to humanize either the bad guy is humanized like he's like a goofy villain that kidnapped the mom um or something otherwise i just think it's too dark to make it a comedy yep 
but like what if uh what if he wasn't an ex-cop what if he used to be brainstorm you know yeah there we go so it's like his henchman wants to be the next top dog yeah so and and like there's always a threat of brainstorm coming out of retirement so they need to kill him i also just kind of as you were talking and i was definitely listening and i'm not even (laughs) making a joke but like my brain kind of works on two tracks No, no, i feel you um what if it's like an orphanage or something and it's like it's not a stepdad it's like some superintendent and they're trying to save like the other orphan that this person is best friends with. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, and that's, it becomes that's that thing. And then it's like a little... Uh, well, that's interesting. It's like less familial. Um, but it's still bond, but it's not like... And it's just something about it. It's a, the situation is so interesting. Um, yeah, because you could start it like uh, hmm. just this nice little scene with like a, a 15-year-old and a, an 8-year-old or something. And there's just nice, you know, sibling comforting moment. And then... One of them gets taken, and there's a lot to establish there, though. Actually, because familiar relationships are just so simple, and yeah, and you're right. But but can I throw water over all this? And yep. which might uh, soak me, baby. Slop it up. <laughs> Sloppy steaks. Um, which uh, which might kind of, which again, that's part of the fucking process. So you guys have seen this live, which might uh, null and void everything we've just talked about. Blue sky that... also has rain clouds. Turns out. Oh snap! I like that. I like that. Um uh it's a five page script yeah so uh, it is a short film i think everything we've talked about so far is very much feature uh because and again I, you feel free to tell me that no we should stick to this because i do think if it's a short film it should be done over like it's it's either like an ends and action comedy so it's either like one scene yeah that's like them outside the doors of the bad guy and now there's a comedy moment or whatever or it's uh, one night or it's one week in this guy's life or whatever but it's like one thing instead of like yes two people have to console and become friends like the father thing there has to be a reason why he, she got kidnapped there has to be then the saving moment there has to be like all these there's little, a lot of yeah. setup there's a lot of setup you're right you're right so what if it's more about excuse me like uh, it could either be about a heist and this is just before the heist this the whole short film's about the moment right before the heist and they're wait, waiting to get picked up to go to the heist for example and while they're waiting their headquarter gets taken over by bad guys or whatever yeah or or like uh i love the jules and vince kind of vibe just walking through the hallways shooting oh, shit, interesting. right yeah, yeah, yeah. but what would make that more of an action comedy like imagine they were having these conversations like they're just fucking hip hip people hip men um and they're just so seasoned they don't fucking their their hearts barely beat you know they're just like super low-key and then we go into the scene and the whole thing maybe they have this huge conversation but it's during an action scene so they're like arguing about something but like they're just grabbing people's fists and like snapping their arms and like while they're having this conversation about something that's like it's totally not relevant to the situation. Yeah, or it's like, you know, it teases the greater theme or it kind of tells you why they're doing this. Um or um, uh, you know, unpacks some kind of theme somehow while they're doing it. But then like I think that's the more uh feasible five-page thing. Yeah, but then yeah. we still need that beginning, middle and end. Well, um but know, I think we should earmark that other stuff for a feature idea cuz there, yeah, there might be like some that. cool shit to steal from that. Uh, I do like that. Um, yeah, you know what would make a short film like uh, a scene out of a film uh, that that acts like that is like you know Mr. And Mrs. Smith. Yeah, 
You know how there's like that scene where they have this argument and then they try to kill each other? Remember that scene? Yep. It's a very like yep. iconic scene, I guess you could call it, because like people, are, yeah. Anyways, that to me is a great short film where it starts with him having dinner and he's a little worried she poisoned him. And then she's like making these like cheeky remarks where he's like, I think she did. And then they go to the, I'm going to go to the washroom. And she goes to get her, gets her guns. And then he's like, gets up and gets his knife. And it's like cross cut. And like, you can tell they're just, yeah. Yeah. yeah while yeah. they're talking oh, like, yeah. Hey sweetie, yeah. can you? And he's so like good. putting a knife behind his back and getting armed to have fucking fight his wife. That is like a great, like if you just, if that, you take that whole section out of the film, that's a short film. That's action. Cause it's great action between them two after. And then they make love at the end of it or whatever, but it's like great action and comedy. And it ends with like a, a third party, I think, throws a bomb into their house and they're like realizing they have to be teamed up now. But that to me is like, that's a very clean short film. Very much so. Uh, and, and it's along what you're kind of saying too, where it's like conversation and com. So it's like, we do, I think, need a relationship personally. Yes. Um, and it could be unlikely or likely, like unlikely wife, wife and husband are likely, but the fact that they're both secret spies is unlikely and kind of funny. So it's mm-hmm. like in that realm. Um, and then we need like a day of all days that's happening. Yeah. Um, sidebar, I think it was last April fools where I read a post that said, uh, Donald Glover and Maya Erskine is happening. It's real. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. No. Donald Glover is doing a Mr. And Mrs. Smith show. Yeah. The one thing that changed, which let me just confirm. It's this an part. April Fool's miracle. I thought I, I cause I, I saw the post, like the variety like thing. And I was like, this is something I'm extremely here for. I love them both so much. And then I never heard anything about it. So I'm like, oh, I'm a fucking idiot. It's April Fool's. Of Who's course. Who's my, Erskine? Oh yeah. She's from oh, Pen15. Because you know what was supposed to be the original thing and then she dropped out was Phoebe Wallace Bridges. Whoa. That would have been freaking insane. Yeah. I like Maya's way more unlikely though. Maya's like such a, like I would not lop her into that. So I think she'll do really cool Oh no, shit. for sure. Like I'm, I'm all for it but no matter yeah, what. Phoebe, but I just she, like, lo- like, to see those two creative minds, Donald Glover and Phoebe Wallace Bridges would be freaking insane. I, I think they will do something. I think they're, they're buddies. They're, they met, yeah. Uh, they became, so I think, yeah, they are, they, that's, they were, they were like, let's do this to work together. But since it didn't work out, something else will happen. Um, and, uh, thank you for indulging that sidebar. I really, I, I <laughs> feel really excited about that not being a joke. Um, so, also, in these kind of action-y things, there's typically a twist, right? Like, the twist is uh, they're both hit people, and they discover it or whatever, or maybe there's a new thing. So what if we got this, like, Jules and Vince kind of scene? They're approaching and again, the for thing. people who don't know what you're talking about. Oh, it's the dudes from Pulp Fiction, Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta. Uh, John Travolta. Uh, like they're, he, they're like in that the... movie Grease, if anyone's seen <laughs> that. It's very obscure. And Samuel L. Jackson's been in every movie since the creation of film. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I like those two as an example because they're like everyone loves quoting that whole cheeseburger scene, and it's such a great scene of like they're going to basically shake down a person and, and then killing people kill too and all that. But oh yeah, ultimately killing them but. for a fucking light bulb in a briefcase. Really, guys? <laughs> really? What's that? There's a term for that, right? Like the uh, Pulp Fiction that uh, briefcase. There's a word for that in a film. It's like a light bulb in no. a briefcase. <laughs> Uh, Pulp Fiction briefcase. It's like a what's that thing called? It's like a a, a story. It's a word for it, man. It's like a story device, uh, story device. Like, and it's called a. Come on, man! Please, oh, oh uh, MacGuffin. 
I thought that the device was the word. I was like just digging for a good insult. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, great. Uh, a MacGuffin, for those who don't know. So a MacGuffin, which again, if you've seen Pulp Fiction, it's the briefcase of the light bulb. And maybe we put this into our story. A MacGuffin, for those who don't know the definition, is an object that propels the story forward, but realistically has no bear, uh, bearing on the story whatsoever. Examples would be the rug in Big Lebowski. Okay. Uh, the heart of the ocean necklace in Titanic. Oh, so interesting. That is true. And then the briefcase in Pulp Fiction, because no one ever knows what they were getting, but it was just like, we're he- we're moving the story along, like, we're here for this briefcase. And now this briefcase is going to get, t- it's like, it right. could be diamonds, it could Stop. be a do- court documents or whatever, but... It's just for the sake of like, oh, you know, like Lord of the Rings would be the opposite. The ring is so important. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you need it's an that. anti-MacGuffin. Yeah, exactly. It actually has a purpose. But in 500 Days of Summer, Zoe Deschanel is the MacGuffin, right? Because it's really about this one guy coming to terms with himself on his own, no? That's a really, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm no, fully I, making a joke. I, 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 I know, but I, I, and I could tell you were like just making shit up, but I think you're kind of right though, aren't you? Could be. Could be. Maybe, it's really maybe about I'm not stupid. <laughs> Drops mic. Um, yeah, no. Uh, so, yeah, maybe we have a MacGuffin. Maybe there's like this um, one thing they're all. So. Oh, I got something. Okay. Okay. I, I, I have the idea in my head, so it's no, fine. No, say, I, say, I won't, say, I won't say, forget say, it. Say, no, say. You, you're in, you're in your right. flow state, bro. I, I was going to say, what if this whole film is about. And uh, okay, actually, because there's always a reference I can make to anything, but Snatch, where it's like this one thing they're all going for. So, I think Snatch was about the diamonds, I think it was. Mm-hmm. The big diamond, the one big one. But in this, it's like, you don't know what it is. It's a MacGuffin, right? The film's called MacGuffin. <laughs> Um, it's about a McMuffin. Um, <laughs> it's like this golden McMuffin, uh, and of course it won't be that, but I'm just saying that for now. Uh, that like you don't know what it looks like, or it's like in this like little cold uh, like this box or briefcase or whatever, and it's somewhere where they have to go into this place and get. But there's like five teams, so there's like your two dudes who are best friends who want this, and then there's like the mother daughter and then there's like there's like it's like almost like amazing race but they're all like oh. bad guys and criminals rat and they're race. like you just made me think of rat race rat what race a fucking so good. good movie uh Jesus but imagine it's so a rat race but mixed with like a lot of action yeah that'd be cool but again, yeah the feature though let's yeah put that in the yeah. we need to write that that'd be fun um okay because that's a lot to explain You're i love totally it right. i yeah, love yeah. it but okay so what if the MacGuffin is so they're they're doing the jewels and and Vince thing, and they're walking into this warehouse. Maybe there's like uh, the tower or like precinct thirty six or whatever shit. Hmm. I, maybe I, I think I quoted that mo- last movie right, but where you kind of have the levels or like Judge Dread, where you have a, the, the levels. Yeah. Redemption. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so maybe there's some stuff like that that happens along the way. But maybe the twist is that uh, Jules is actually there to kill Vince. So like they're having this nice conversation and then they get into this room and they're like, finally, we got into this room and there's nothing in there. And it's like, well, why are we here? And it's like, because you know too much or like you do. And then they have to fight, you know? Yeah. We start them off as buddies and then the twist is one's there to kill the other. And then they they can have funny banter and throw knives at each other's faces and stuff. But in the first little bit, when uh, does the movie start with them going into this room? Or? Yeah, the movie would start with them approaching, bullshitting, fighting, snapping people. I'm like, you see, they're a really great team together, and you expect this amazing, epic battle scene, which could happen. Like the ninjas could be coming down from the rafters, but the ultimate goal for one of the guys is to his job is to kill the other guy because I don't know, like that. But and work. again, you know how we do with the devil's advocate up in here. Uh, Satan, or, uh, Satan is real. Yeah. 
It's not even Devil's Advocate. It's just me uh, popping holes. It's called um, Blue Sky. We're riffing. Yeah. Um, like, to me, that twist works because there's so much buildup in a, in a feature like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Like... Right. You don't really have the time yeah. to, to get invested in their friendship. Yeah. It's, it's just a thought. Because otherwise... I thought like, of something. Yeah, okay. Can I? Yeah, yeah, please. I This might be good. This might not be. Because I'm thinking, like, again, short film. What I liked what we did last time was we used the device of montage a lot. And that was great, right, for the slapstick one. So we need a device. How to tell the story in five minutes, but make it fit full and character and all this. And okay. this is a starting point. Okay. It could be two things. Oh, my gosh. Fuck it. The second one might be better, actually. But it's someone telling a story. I was just going right? to go there, yeah. But what the per- the person telling the story is super unlikely. So there's two options we have. I just thought of the second one right now, but first one I was thinking was it's like a 14 year old or 15 year old telling his summer vacation. And it starts with him in class. And it's very like double entendres where he's like, so we went uh, to Paris and then cuts to his dad's a spy and he's on the mission with his dad. And then it cuts back and uh, we saw the Eiffel tower and his dad's hanging off the Eiffel it, tower. And, and, he he, fl- and the kid's just like, looking at his phone or whatever yeah. and then eventually in the flashback he had to help his dad you know in one of the scenes of yeah. action but when he's telling the story it's like he's talking about a paris vacation right, right? so it's like a paris vacation or whatever and as he's telling this story you're going to see the real what happened and compared to what he's saying so the juxtaposition is hilarious yeah That's a comedy. yeah and then there's like literally like you said you know it's kind of all right the sites were fun and he's like on his phone and his dad's like fighting on eiffel tower like, like hanging off a thing or whatever right the other idea I had, and now it's funny. I thought the second one was better, but maybe the as talking to you about the kid one, I think it's funnier. I love that. The second one is going to be a guy, and I think it still works, a guy with a psychiatrist. And she's like, so uh, have you been, uh, how was your weekend? And he goes. And it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snap, snap, snap. Yeah, yeah. and he goes, uh, it's, it's getting better. I think uh, I think, uh, I think I, I, I finally told my uh, dad what I think of him. And it cuts to him and his dad fighting over like a dinner or it's whatever. It's just his, him shooting yeah. his dad in the <laughs> yeah, face yeah, yeah, like yeah. seven times. Yeah. Like, yeah. And how about the the love life? Oh, uh, it's, 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 it could be, it could be, it could be worse. And then it cuts to him and his girlfriend just like together kicking ass or kicking each other's ass or whatever. You know, or, like, or they're man, like, or? they're, they're both like actiony. So they're just fucking really hard, but like, they're like going into the wall, like a Daniels oh, yeah, music yeah, yeah, video yeah, 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 and like yeah, just yeah, destroying yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Makes me think of Sopranos, which it I does, still yeah, haven't watched. I, oh, man. I know, I know. So I'm outing myself. You haven't seen Mad Men either, right? I've seen fucking Mad Men, bro. I was on a podcast a couple years ago that you talk about a, an episode of TV and then write a song about it, and Ooh. our episode was Mad Men. I think the, you did tell me yeah, that. Yeah, it was yeah, super yeah. fucking Dude, cool. Mad Men. Too much TV. Uh, yeah, listen to it. It's good. I was I was super late to Mad Men. I just watched it for the first time this year, I think, or last year. I didn't watch it while it was airing. I think I I caught this the fifth season was airing mm. when I started watching it. Yeah, no, I watched like 10, 12 years after mm. it was done because I was wanted to, but I always felt it would be too long. Um, and it is like slow and long, but I love it, Ugh. dude. It's just like such good. It's such a good character work. Peggy, dude, is one of the greatest characters I love, of all uh, time. What's the asshole? Uh, Roger Sterling. I love Sterling. I don't know his uh, real name, but he's yeah, good. He's a great actor. Though, he's a su- like that's kind of a good that character's a good model for this actiony guy, uh, like maybe the dad. I like oh. this kid thing. So it's, it's, and I yeah. thought of a title. It could be called like First Day Back, and you you go back to school, and it's like, what did you do this summer? I was gonna say like you know? my vacation in Paris, or like yeah, yeah. my vacation in Fort Lauderdale, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, like it's hashtag vacay summer vacation or whatever. But um, then yeah, so how do we? Okay, so. Sorry, we're going. Yeah, how do we? Because I'm kind of glomming onto that. I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm really excited about that. So let's do that. Okay. 
So, so the film is about, I'm going to write a little synopsis, about a child retelling his summer vacation to his classmates for a class presentation. Um, it begins, and again, chime in any time because I'm just on a flow right now. It begins with the bell ringing. I mean, I'm putting notes just so we can remember. But, yep. and, and the teacher calling him up calling the child the, the, yeah, the student or, or, or like it's a it's like a kid like a non sequitur kid finishing a wrapping story up. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, it's yeah. like all right now for timmy sterling yeah it's just sterling um I, I don't know if i base it on him but that's a great name for the dad roger sterling we should just rip that that's a good fucking name um reggie uh, reggie sterling yeah i'm changing it a little bit uh ronald sterling yeah yeah um but uh yes yeah, so student up he begins to tell his story and within intercuts, we realize that his calm and slightly boring vacation was actually a great action-packed vacation. Sure, why not? Yeah, um, and, and that, it, it plays into the trope too, where like you're like you know the greatest actor or comedian or whatever of all time like or like i'm not saying this is conan o'brien but he just came into my mind like conan o'brien's kids think he's a fucking idiot you know oh like no matter so, like, how no matter, cool your yeah. job is or yeah. how cool you are your kids yeah because i'll be honest when i first started thinking i'm like what if the kid's in on it like he's like my life is cool but i can't tell them so i'm gonna sugarcoat it but is it the opposite where the kid is literally like and he's just not even trying to be subtle he's saying full out kind of what they did um but it's just boring to him. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, does he know? Yeah. Is he in on it or is he making it up? I think the say would be kind of boring to watch or like read. Whereas the 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 juxtaposition you were talking about earlier, where it it sound if you just took the audio out or didn't do the the cut, yeah, yeah, the yeah. cutaways, it would sound just like a fr- fucking super boring vacation. But then everything is a double entendre. But no, I agree. But what I'm trying to say is, though, is the kid doing the double entendres on purpose? Is he like, um, like he's in on it that his vacation was cool. So he's like, yeah, we just uh, went to the Eiffel Tower and hung out. And then it cuts to, oh, what the fuck? And it's like, uh, the plutonium is mine. <laughs> like it's some dark shit. And then it cuts back and he goes, nothing big. Or is he like, yeah, we went to the Eiffel Tower and we hung out. Cuts to hanging and it's like, oh. You, yeah, the you know? lineups were huge and it's just his dad like decimating a lineup of dudes. <laughs> yeah. I think like I think that's I think he should hate what his dad does. He should be bored by it. Um, yeah, and I think that you might be that. Because what is he gonna right do? Way. And like maybe there are things like but the plutonium is by his by his foot too much. Like I was gonna say, what isn't it too much that we're like the kid is just coincidentally dodging mo- landmines, based, doing t- double entendres. Like he's just like it was boring, and he's just saying things that work out as opposed to him. Okay. What you know? if what if he's in on it, but in like the like you remember in Wet Hot American Summer when Paul Rudd picked up his uh she was like he just swipes his meal on the floor and Gene Garofalo's like, Are you gonna clean that up, Andy? And he's just like I could I could, but I gotta and she's like, Clean it up now and he's like oh. and like just doing everything really slow and like being a fucking piece of shit because he's just uh, you know averse to authority or whatever like so he could be participating in this stuff yeah it's yeah, like yeah. son grab the plutonium grab my hand or whatever and it's just like oh dad. i thought you said we're gonna go to disneyland today yeah it's like, it's just like that could that could eh. I, I'm, I'm sold on both i do th- i do like what you're saying too where uh yeah i don't know because i also 
So we don't want the kid don't, to be cool. Like, sorry, I time. keep doing that. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I'm gonna fucking talk with this course. Um, so we don't like it. Uh, like, do we not like the fact that he's fucking like the kid is Agent Cody Banks? Basically, he's like so in on it, and he helps his dad out on these missions. But like, he's Morty from Rick and Morty. But we we don't we don't talk about that show right now. <laughs> it's too sensitive right now. Agent Cody Banks. Oh come on, you don't know that either. I do. I just need an image. Frankie Muniz. Oh, I knew it. I want. Oh fuck, funny. Yeah, I I don't think I saw it. I think that was uh, the first man. I had the biggest crush on Hillary Duff. I was like jealous of frankie muniz when i was a kid i'm like you kissed hillary duff i played in a band called come clean for a while a hardcore band because the singer was, was obsessed uh, with was hillary duff like yeah it wasn't spelled the way you want it to be spelled oh. uh, uh sorry she was we, we came dirty uh, <laughs> what did you say about hillary duff she looked like uh, her? It, the come clean i think is a record of hers and, oh. and our singer was a huge fan and uh oh, i didn't think i clocked it till after the band died but <laughs> um okay i think that that makes sense it's just like is there a, is there a satisfying way is there an arc to okay. the kid's story like yeah. how do we how do we how are we changed at the end well, and like you, maybe, you, maybe, you, maybe 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 sorry just yeah, yeah. Uh, it kind of gets to be a bit wow wow at the end but like if the kid's like and i would i wouldn't have done it any other way i had a great time with my dad and then it cuts to his dad in the back of the classroom watching and he's just like beat to shit oh uh, yeah you know? yeah well i was gonna say what if at the end of it his dad i was literally on the same page as you but it's like he comes into the classroom being like ah, sorry we gotta go because like it's like a sequel to the mission yeah yeah <laughs> you know? or like the kids watch lights up yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. we gotta go and the kid's just like sorry and then he just like sorry I'll be right back. And then he leaves and they just, he like goes out of the classroom and they watch him and like a helicopter, a black yeah, helicopter yeah, yeah, like lands yeah, yeah. and the kid just gets in the background. And, and maybe they don't even notice. They're like, all right, well that was weird. And so the class continues. And then through the window in the background, like of the class, like they're all looking at the teacher, but in the background of the shot, there's a window and then there's like outside and like a chopper comes that's in. That's it. Yeah. That's exactly kid, it. Yeah. Yeah. And the kid just gets yeah, into yeah, it. And, and no one like, notices except maybe one kid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's fucking great. Cause, um, cause like, it's very spy kids. Yeah. I haven't seen that. What the fuck, dude? What was your childhood? What did you watch? I mean, we, we're from different eras. Oh, right, 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 right. right. Uh, you watched... Um, I was in... How like, Can I Be Rude? <laughs> I was trying to be funny. Like, you watched Casablanca when you were growing up. Yeah, yeah. Citizen Kane was on on repeat. <laughs> Citizen Kane had just come out. <laughs> just really light yeah. family comedies like yeah, yeah. Citizen Kane and uh, Umberto D. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I grew up on like fucking Hook and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, oh, and Men in Black and yeah, fucking yeah. shit like that. Although I rewatched Hook recently, and it they're all. Bad. I'll be honest, this is bad. a hot. It doesn't hit you, right, Hook? No, it it, it was really bad. That that I, I used to love it, like love it. I'd be like, Hook is the best movie ever. I watched it this Christmas. I'm like, this is so not bad. good and very creepy. Like the, the hot take for me is uh, what's the uh, Hook was Spielberg though, right? Hook was Spielberg, yeah. who I don't think really likes it that much either. That was like he did a lot of like. Um, amusement park ride movies back in the day though Fuck but yeah. um uh toys uh i was gonna, I was gonna say right now was the oh hot take i think men in black's a bit overrated too <sighs> yeah i could like I could, watching it again i mean back in the day fucking amazing but watching it and you're like eh. i do often i've thrown the edgar scene into a lot of treatments lately like I, the scene where they go and interview the woman who whose husband uh gets his skin stolen oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's like he, he was like Edgar, but he wasn't Edgar. he was wearing an Edgar suit that's definitely an action comedy men in black <laughs> yeah 100%. i fucking love it but yeah like you, it is you a, go back yeah. but i don't know who the actor is but the dude who played that Edgar, like the, the bug wearing yeah, his skin yeah, he oh, killed it that is yeah it's a great actor. it is a cool performance you know comedy 
maybe it's, uh, maybe I haven't seen it in a while. I feel like now, just thinking of scenes, I'm like, I think I would enjoy it if I watched it again. Yeah, the 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 sequels and stuff aren't. The third great, one was so bad, but... man. I watched it in theaters. The third one, and it was like, what the hell? Cool idea, but damn. Yeah. Um, Who's and maybe that? maybe two at the end. Uh, it wasn't Zemeckis, was it? Larry um, Sonfield. Oh, he does sound oh. familiar. What did he make? Barry Sonfield. I'm probably butchering it. The Sonfield? Sonnenfield? Son, son. I don't know. It's a S-O-N-N-E-N. Um, he made all the... Oh, <laughs> he made all the Men in Blacks. I think he made Wild Wild West, which was... Oh, he just... Yeah. He just enabled He Will doubled Smith. down. <laughs> he what? He enabled Will Smith to become <laughs> the villain he eventually yeah. became. It's, you know what's yo, funny? There's a moment in Independence Day, which is more more of an action movie with those release moments of levity, when Will Smith steals a helicopter. I've never and, seen Independence Day. Really? Yeah. That's oh, mine, yeah. Man, that movie is good. It's really I, fucking I've heard, good. I've heard. But he, uh, Will Smith has to steal a helicopter sometime after the aliens have decimated everything, and there's this big dude trying to stop him. And he's like holding a gun, and he's like, get out of the, get out of the chopper, sir. And Will Smith's like, sorry, I'm taking it. Just tell him I hit you, and then he takes off, and like the guy's obviously too big to hit, and I'm like, mm, that was premonitory. He was gonna, <laughs> he's gonna hit someone. Um, Just tell him I slapped you. Yeah. And then he looks at the camera. You'll get this in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> he's like a fucking uh, a time traveler. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, okay, so can I just pitch something? No. Please. Okay. No, you go. You no, 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 no. I, 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 I was, Are you doing a bit right now? I was totally doing a bit. Oh, dude, you kill me, bro. Your bits are like gravy. Did you think I was real? I thought Did you had something really in your mind. Oh, no, 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 no. So I was yeah, like, I don't want to yeah, step over your No, room. I was just... Uh, we were so Canadian. I would never say no. I would <laughs> never so say no to you like that seriously, <laughs> unless like, you know, yeah. you were doing something yeah. shitty, which you would. Well, challenge accepted. Now I'm going to find a way to get <laughs> there. Um, uh, okay, I'm just going to throw shit as, a, as the opening and the style, and you tell me if this works. What if... We play it again, short film. So, what if uh, it starts with like the bell ringing? And again, we can tweak all this shit. Bell ringing, and it's like this music playing, like it's a Pixar scene. Like, and it's like, all right, class. And next up, we have Timmy Detweiler or Timmy Sterling. And he walks up, and everyone like looking up, and it's like a shot of him in the front, and the camera dollies into him. And it's very like magical and a shot, very like a Family Channel movie, this opening shot. And you go into him, and he goes, My summer vacation with my dad. And then the credits. Say the exact same thing on the on the screen. Yeah, as a joke, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just know? huge fat yeah. cut My, to black title yeah. card. Yeah, and then it, which you just said, and then it cuts back and he goes. Um, My summer went really great. My dad works overseas, and then it cuts to like again anything like dad having a bunch of passports just or like whatever. Walking through an airport yeah. security and security's just waving him through, yeah. and he's just yeah. like fucking doesn't even stop. Yeah. Like, and and you know what we should do for a little character arc? Maybe it's like he's a single dad or not single dad. Sorry, he's a they're uh, his parents are divorced, so he's like this summer. My mom let me go hang out with my dad or whatever, right? And then it's like cuts to we went to Paris, and then you have these jump cuts. Um, I and I so I don't know what the rest is, but I just like this energy of yeah. like it just starts with a bang, and then he, this kid just narrates the fucking story, it, it, and it just gets into uh, my dad doesn't didn't like Paris much, and then like fighting and all these things happening and necks being broken, and then it's like back to like. Uh, but I did get to see the Eiffel Tower and then again cut yeah, to yeah, him yeah. hanging off the Eiffel Tower. I don't know why I keep seeing that. Uh, and then cuts back and it's like something else and then it cuts back and it's just this... He just keeps... The scenes keep getting crazier and crazier and crazier. Yep. And then... Because um, the one thing I took away, which I don't know if you mind, is like 
the kid being bored on vacation where the dad's fighting and I, I, instead it's like he's there and he's like witnessing all this and then but he's always like doesn't know what to do almost and then in one of the scenes where he's like and then my dad uh helped me uh, let me help him out or whatever he says i don't know what the dialogue is and then it cuts to like the dad's being choked out and he's like reaching for like a bottle and, and the, the kid, kid just, just kind of rolls it, it over very yeah. like it just just hands it to him yeah hands the dad the bottle that he's like reaching for and he goes thank you and then just smashes it in the guy and then does a cool move you're a good kid yeah uh and, and then, then but uh, sorry continue no no and, and then yeah and then and then it cuts i don't know when this would happen but a moment of like calmness where it's like um and it was good to get to know him and then it cuts to them in like a coffee shop and it's like the most opposite of the other scenes of them in paris where it's like just calm and this drinking coffee and he's like sips of coffee and he goes uh, to, and the dad drinks up the coffee, and the kids move drinking like Coca Cola, whatever. And he goes like, "So like, uh, is mom still seeing that guy? You know?" And then, and then as he says that, and you think it's fine, a car just, just like, fucking rams into the restaurant. Yeah, it, it, a car exactly. just rams right into the restaurant, and he goes, and then it goes back into action. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, I just yeah, I love that. That's exactly <laughs> what I was picturing. The car, yeah, yeah. there's gonna be a fucking car yeah. flipping into that Paris <laughs> yeah. cafe. Um, and then it'd be funny too, like you do this. He's he's talking about this sort of the juxtaposition, and like maybe the like maybe we see that first kid because I kind of like what you said about how how to start it with just to get right to the fucking chorus. Um, but at the very end, it'd be like, yeah, and he stopped the international terrorist ring that was on the brink of another man-made pandemic. I didn't mean to say another man-made pandemic. But <laughs> that's not how I think. That's not how I think. Uh, I don't know what's going on in the fucking world. What am I kidding? Um, but he says something and like, yeah. And then we stop the international terrorist ring, and everyone's kind of like, huh? All right. Uh, next is beep beep beep, and he's like, sorry, I gotta go. And yeah, then he leaves in the helicopter and then, thing. And happens. then as he leaves, the next kid goes up, and you hear the beginning of his. Yeah. So me and my mom went to, or my dad went to this, and uh, or like, so my family just stayed uh, in the city for the thing. And he's talking, and as he's talking but, in the background of the window, like you see this like side shot of kind of just whole trails off. Yeah, yeah. And then in the background, you see the helicopter come in, and you're seeing all this happen. But what if it doesn't trail off? Like the kids just talking. So I don't know how to explain it because I know we can't show the visual right now. But imagine like a side profile of the class. Yep. So you see the whole class the, looking the forward, row of windows, and the kid, and yeah, and there's big windows. So you're seeing the windows and the kids uh, in class and beyond the windows in like the fucking field of the school, a chopper lands, but no one looks because you're still, the kid's still talking. Yeah. He's like, and then um, the, the second kid or the new kid who's like telling his story where he's like, and then we went to Vancouver and we did this. And then in the background, like a guy comes out of the chopper and he's like, <laughs> where he has a gun in his, uh, he has a gun, AK. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like telling him to get in. And the kid jumps into the helicopter and puts on a vest and everything. And that, and then they flies off. Yeah. Yeah, that's that'd be sick. That's super sick. And you know what I love about this? Uh, and even with the coffee scene with the car crashing, I'm like, fuck yeah, we're not making this. I don't have to we worry about the line producing of this right now. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I think this would make a great short. And you put some money into this, like a hundred thousand dollars or more, whatever, into the short film, and you can get this done. Oh, with with the amount, we got to go to Paris. That's a mill. That's a cool mill. Oh, true. You got it. Yeah, they do. There are million dollar short films. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. And they do well. I've Those made are the one. big ones. Yeah. You made a million dollar short film? No. Oh. You got me again. We should do a little counter the amount of times you get me. Gullible a deal. The blue sky drinking game. <laughs> Every time a deal falls for it. Um. Okay. Let's do that. Let's make that movie. Write that movie. Okay. I'm going to put all the notes I just said. So uh, happy beginning. The only reason I think that maybe a kid at the beginning, uh, that there's merit in having a, a kid kind of finish his thing, like, 
is there a way to kind of underscore like he's saying something that's completely not true me and my dad we went to disney world and we saw dinosaurs but they were real dinosaurs they're actually real they grew the dinosaurs and they were real and they weren't just amusement park rides and it's like okay okay next up we've got timmy oh and then, and then and then the kid starts on this thing and we went to paris to actually no i think yeah yeah I, I i'll be honest i find that really funny what you just said where it's like it ends with literally someone who had a like a uh, a made-up story and then you go to this kid and it's a real story but he's like but i feel like that's we, too it, much but if in to do that effectively the kid would have to be like yeah me and my dad took down an international terrorist yeah, ring yeah, yeah, at yeah. the beginning but we want it to be innocuous yeah and and, and uh play against what he's saying yeah. with the visuals yeah okay wait uh and we'll get there when we write the actual dialogue but the ending i'm still on the fence if he says it or if he says stays subtle because we are, because that's double in your face, where we says that line and then we see the helicopter. Is it funnier if he, excuse me, says like, "This is what happened," and no one believes, uh, or "This is what happened." We ha- we had a fun trip in Paris, like nothing about the terrorists. Yeah, but and then you see the chopper. But like the impact of the chopper coming in, I think lies with the other characters witnessing it. So like, oh, it sounded great until you lied about the ending. But then they don't witness it. I said. Oh, they don't win. I, I mean, that's what my pitch is. That it's but funny they, if they're like in class watching the, a new kid talk, and in the background, as this new kid, the second after our main character sits down or says, "Oh, I have to leave the classroom," and the second kid starts, I just find it so funny that no one notices because now I'm actually gonna go backwards where maybe he does say like, "We destroyed an international ring of whatever, right? Drug dealers," and then they're all like rolling their eyes, and then even as an audience member, because they roll their eyes, you're like, maybe he was making it up. And then you kind of say, oh, this is kind of a funny film. Right. And then when he leaves the classroom and then you see the chopper come in, it's more just for the audience. Right. Yeah. I was just going to say, like. it's, it's, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Again, well, when let's we get see. to that yeah, scene, yeah, we'll figure see. it out. Okay, cool. And now, my summer vacation in Paris. Exterior, school, day. An aerial shot of a standard issue public school. We hear a bell ringing to signal the beginning of a class. Interior, classroom, continuous. A classroom full of grade 8 students sit with varying degrees of interest, all looking forward at the teacher, Mrs. Clemens. She sighs and speaks in her usual disengaged voice. All right, class. Next up is... She checks the class list. Timmy Sterling. Tepid applause as Timmy saunters toward the front of the class. A bully sticks his foot out and trips Timmy. He falls. Without missing a beat... Timmy jumps to his feet, unfettered with unexpected enthusiasm. My summer vacation in Paris. Cut to black. Title card, my summer vacation in Paris. Interior, classroom. Timmy continues his presentation. As you know, my parents don't live together anymore because my mom thinks my dad has rage issues. There's an awkward pause. But this summer, she let me travel with him on his work trip to Paris, and we got to sit in first class. We hear a classic airplane ding, whip pan too. Interior airplane, first class cabin. We see the kid sitting in his seat as dad, 40s, fit and extremely handsome in a perfectly tailored suit, is led toward the washroom by a flight attendant, female, 30s. And dad made friends with a pretty flight lady who gave him a tour of the cockpit while I hung out and watched Turner and Hooch and drank the best orange juice I ever had. Cut to interior airplane washroom. Moments later, dad and the flight attendant are making out furiously. Dad lifts her onto the sink counter and swipes the hair away from her face, revealing a neck tattoo. 
Dad rolls his eyes. You've gotta be kidding. Wham! The flight attendant headbutts him, and he falls back into the wall. She lunges at him with a fist. He regains his balance and blocks her arm, and while still holding it, slams her into the mirror. Abruptly cut to interior first class cabin. Timmy watches Turner and Hooch sipping on OJ. Dad casually returns to his seat, dabbing some almost imperceptible blood from his nose. He grabs an earbud from his son and joins him in watching the movie. Cut to exterior, the Louvre, later. Then when we got to Paris, Dad took my pictures at the Louvre. Dad takes a picture of Timmy, close on the phone. We see it is actually a remote hacking device, and an innocuous door opens at the Louvre. And then we enter through the VIP entrance. Does anyone know what VIP means? Cut to interior classroom. The entire room stares at him for a disinterested beat. Very important person. Whip pan two, interior secret Louvre base. Timmy and dad sit at a table across from the quartermaster, 70s, who presents dad with some interesting gadgets. My dad must have forgot his luggage because then a kooky old man gave him a new suit, pen, and fancy watch. And then we went to a nice little cafe. Cut to interior Paris cafe later. Dad and Timmy sit at a bar of a quaint cafe, sipping espressos. For a moment, we see a vulnerable side of Dad. He quietly clears his throat. So, uh, is your mom still seeing, uh, Sanjay? A loud crash as a black SUV careens through the patio and into the cafe. Dad jumps to his feet and tosses his new blazer over Timmy's head. Stay here. Two henchmen, 30, stumble out of the SUV and argue like Guy Ritchie characters. I said to the cafe, not to it, bloke. Dad charges the armed henchmen. They chuckle at him. Who's this mate on about? Doesn't even have a gun. Running at us like a gazelle. He's got no chance. Get him, boys. More henchmen pour out of the SUV and ascend on Dad. Dad twists the band on his new wristwatch. A small blue electrical force field envelops his hand. They open fire on Dad and Timmy. Dad reflects the bullets with his force field gadget. We see Timmy as the bullets bounce off the blazer. Dad deftly takes out these new cronies. Then he jumps in the air and one punches Henchman 2, taking him to the ground. Close on Henchman 2, his head explodes like a watermelon. Henchman 1 thinks for a moment, drops his gun, and takes off. Close on Timmy, peeking out from the blazer. He saw everything. Cut to interior classroom. We see the looks on all the kids' faces as they digest everything Timmy just said. The camera pans 180 degrees to the front of the class. Timmy stands a few feet away from the teacher's desk. Timmy, you just can't make up. And then we hung out at the Eiffel Tower. Whip pan two, exterior Eiffel Tower night. Our villain, Brainstorm, holds dad at the throat and dangles him over the ledge with his bionic arm. You thought you foiled my plan, but I cannot be stopped. We notice Timmy standing just a few feet away, watching. He's scared. Dad gestures with his eyes to the jacket pocket which Timmy is still wearing. With a click of this button, I will use technology to spread the virus. First in Paris, then <laughs> the world. Timmy, now. Brainstorm turns to see who the dad is talking to. He laughs. Timmy pulls out the pen. Oh, is little boy going to write me a letter? Dad struggles to communicate with Timmy. Blow. It. Timmy blows on the pen. A dart flies out and hits Brainstorm in his eye. Oh. Dad quickly takes advantage and uses Brainstorm's arm to swing over to safety. Brainstorm stumbles and falls off the ledge. Cut to interior classroom. That's enough, Timmy. 
The assignment was to tell us about your summer vacation, not some made-up story. But... Sit down! The class laughs as Timmy walks back to his seat. Before he sits down, we hear a beep, and he glances at the wristwatch his dad was wearing. He raises his hand. May I go to the washroom? Mrs. Clemens rolls her eyes. Fine. Up next, we have Armand. Timmy takes his leave. Tepid applause as Armand steps in front of the class and begins his own presentation. This summer, I saw my dog and neighbor's dog wrestling, and now we have six dogs. Through the massive windows, we see a chopper land on the school's front line. Dad opens the door and he hops out. He has an assault rifle around his neck. And the littlest puppy can talk to me with her mind? True stories only, Armand. Jeez, what is with this class today? Outside, Dad gestures for Timmy to get into the chopper, and they both fly off. The class is oblivious. In conclusion. So there you have it, my summer vacation in Paris. And knowing that as writers, we're supposed to pretend to hate our own work. But uh, how do you feel? Um, I'm surprised that I didn't mind it. Yeah, me too. It's funny. No. Yeah, what's funny? I, I think Timmy's a funny character. He's like, he comes off as this oblivious sort of... Uh, outcast and is completely telling the truth and no one believes him and i really like that yeah and and it's it's interesting you know it's interesting i was just thinking like i was trying to figure out like how we got to this script because that's like also insane on its own like it took us like a minute to get to this idea we were i think talking about so many other options before but i remember i remember we talked about mr and mrs smith for a moment where Mm -hmm. like that action scene could be like the whole short needs to be like a moment or whatever but we really like this idea that we've seen in action films it was action comedy genre right? it was yeah. action comedy and yeah. action comedy genres where like it's like one guy's a one person's a spy or like an assassin but the other person doesn't know like mr and mrs smith or yeah. true romance or or sorry true lies i mean um and other films like spy kids we talked about and i don't think we thought of this because like when i, I remember being like oh what if it's like this uh, it's a t- telltale like it's a guy kid kid or someone telling the story but i wasn't going for like oh the dad is like a secret spy but I kind of love that we ended up in that trope. You know what I mean? Like that we actually hit that trope pretty well where it's like this kid, this kid's dad is like a super famous spy or like assassin. Yeah. And so in, in, in turn subverted that trope by like him just being completely open with his son. Like at the end, it's just like his son's taking part of it and stuff like that. And I no, guess but that is a trope though. That is the trope. Yeah. Like at the end, like, you know, like you're like, like, spy, you know, when I'm right, thinking of spy kids, like, right, right, right. He's, uh, yeah, he didn't, uh, I might cut that part out because maybe the sound really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody makes me look bad. <laughs> uh, no, but you're totally right. Like it, it starts off with that sort of pseudo mystery and yeah. and pays off at the end. Uh, what? Okay, one thing you liked and one thing you didn't like about that about summer vacation in Paris. Hmm. One thing I liked uh was the the little touch at the beginning. Like I I remember really trying to be like we need to like do a trope at the beginning and we added the like helicopter shot just to like establish a sort of actiony vibe but then having just that little touch of the bully sticking his foot out timmy falling but then kind of getting back up so it's like we've just sort of introduced what this character is about to go through because no one's going to believe him but he's like just perky and up right away yeah. so i really really like that what i we also just just really quick uh, i do like that we kind of established like a, a underdog character right away Hundred percent. Like yeah. that—that was kind of fun because then yeah. now in those action comedies, you love an underdog for sure. Sorry, uh, what did you like in that? In that whole that whole bully sticks his foot out, he gets up, 
perfectly just mm. does all that it, it mm. sets the trope it sets up the expectations of the character yeah it, it does all those those nice little things i really liked it and i mean it's hard to say what i didn't like because it's really fun it's just like i think the um the constraint of our five to six or three to five page thing and we're actually at just crested seven pages for this one there wasn't a lot of time for like banter like i would have loved to see the henchman talk for 10 minutes you know <laughs> and just like fucking yeah. you and i just like bullshitting guy Ritchie voices for for that long What's like that would have been really geezer fun. on about then yeah <laughs> boris the bullet dodger <laughs> exactly uh yeah, I mean the the length, but I do think it's a double edged sword. Uh, no, that's not the right word at all. It's um, it's a bittersweet thing. It's I don't a know. Blessing the, and a curse. Thank you. There. Oh my gosh, um, I like writing. I don't know words. Uh, it's a blessing and a curse because I really do think that if we had um, like as much pages, as many pages as we wanted to write, we might even make this story kind of boring. Maybe. Yeah, you know? it could get convoluted. It pushed us to kind of be like okay every beat has to matter i like that but mm-hmm. i agree though uh, my my so on the same vein though like um in the same vein sorry uh you know how you said if we had more time the banter one thing i was thinking is even if we had more foreshadowing a little bit because mm. i know you really wanted that too in the beginning that's why we added the aerial shot and all that because it was like let's pepper it in um but even um the blow dart pen for example i wish there was a scene the quartermaster when he's showing it it somehow comes up like mm. if you're blowing it or you know, like we kind of foreshadowed that, that Timmy will have to do it later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Somehow. Or um, uh, it would have been cool to do like uh, we see the quartermaster demonstrating and before the dark comes out. So you're not fully revealing right. what it does. You cut back to the class and someone hits him with a spitball, you know? Yeah. Oh, like that would have been cool. That's right. Great. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, dude. Damn. That's a great scene. Oh, we should talk. Yeah. And, like literally the quartermaster is like and this pen over here and he picks it up. And as he's about to do it cut to classroom and someone hits him with a spitball just continue and, the and action. you yeah. think the audience hopefully feels like oh we just cut the scene because bully kind of interrupted him and then later in the film he gets to freaking do the blow oh yeah. that's a great scene yeah oh that's a good thing i was gonna be simpler and I, yours is way better i was just gonna be like oh what if like he picked it up and then the dad's like uh a pen and then the quartermaster's like oh it's more than a pen and then we just cut that scene so it's like what is it gonna do but the spitball is freaking genius i love that yeah, and if we were gonna rewrite it, that we'd we'd put that in, but yeah, and that's what the point of yeah first no, we're not yeah. touching that shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the point. We can't touch these scripts anymore. But you know that's but that you're you're literally demonstrating why first drafts are so important, and it's just important to write is because we, you wouldn't even think of that genius idea if we didn't write a vomit pass. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you came up with this brilliant idea because we also have this like foundation, and now you can add like that. That idea alone is great, but imagine how many more ideas. Like we can all come, we can come up with by just like going over it and cleaning it up and yeah so that's why it's like get that first draft out yes yeah. what did you uh, what was the adjective you used to describe my idea uh, genius I think thank you. The Blue Sky Podcast is produced by Adil Shamsi and John O'Hunter, edited by Justin Stevenson, and this voiceover recorded by Kevin Brown. If you have an idea for a prompt, email us at thebluesky at gmail.com or DM us at the Blue Sky Podcast on Instagram. <laughs>